Going is fun. We love to go places. This morning, I want to talk about going. Um, and so I want to start with, let's, this is the last week of our Made for This journey. And uh, have you been keeping up with your reading along the way? This is the last week of the Made for This journey. And we've been answering this question, what on earth am I here for? So I want to review with you real quickly some of the things that we have talked about as what you were made for. The first thing is you were made to be loved by God. Before anything else, God made you to love you. And you are supposed to reflect that love back to God. Then we talked about you You were made to belong to a family. God wants you in his family and you were made to belong to that family. Then week three, we talked about you were made to become more like Christ. That you are, you're not, you're made for more than what you are now. You're made to become more and more like Jesus Christ. And then last week, Glenn told us you were made to serve like Jesus. You're supposed to live this out and serve like Jesus. Today, I want to tell you, you were made to be sent. You were made to go. You were made to go. You weren't made to live your life in a bubble just for you, you were made to go and to bring good news. So this morning I want to talk about going. It might be a little chaotic this morning, but we're going to have fun with it because I want to start with this idea that God is a God of going. Do you know that about God? God is a God of going. God said to his son, Jesus, you better go down there. Uh, God is a missionary God. After thousands of years, after the Garden of Eden, after all of the Old Testament, God wanted a relationship with his people. And so God is a missionary God. He is always sending. He sent prophets to his people. He sent his son to the people in, in order to win them. And then he sent his Holy Spirit to the church. He is a sending God who is always sending and, and he always says go. So your last made for this moment is this. You were made to go and to bring others into God's family. You were made to go and to bring others into God's family. Listen to what it says in Romans chapter 10, verses 13 through 15. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord, what? Will be saved. saved. But how can they call on him to save them unless they believe in him? And how can they believe in him if they have never heard about him? And how can they hear about him unless what? Someone Someone has to tell them. And how will anyone what? Go and tell them without being sent. That is why the scriptures say, I love this phrase, how beautiful are the feet of the messengers who bring what? Good Good news. Good news. You have been given this great salvation. Someone in your life somewhere told you and you believed this great salvation and you were saved. But how can anyone else be saved if someone doesn't tell them? And so how can someone tell them if we don't go and go to them and tell them? Listen, if you had the cure for cancer and you knew the cure for cancer and you didn't share it with someone, that would be criminal, wouldn't it? Wouldn't it? I'm the only one that thinks that would be criminal. You, you, you've got the cure for cancer and, and, and you didn't share it beyond, let's say you just went to Lodi Memorial and you said, let's keep it quiet, okay, just here at Lodi Memorial. Like, we, we are called, when something like that is that good, it's that good news, you have to go and you have to share it with everyone. If we kept that in just the United States, we cured cancer, we're just gonna keep it in the United States, that would be criminal. That would be criminal. But we do have the cure. We have the cure for sin and brokenness. 
We have the cure for that. And it's the blood of Jesus Christ. It was poured out for you. Jesus was beaten and crucified for us. And then he rose again on the third day and he defeated death and he paid the price for you and I so that we might have eternal life with him. That is the best news in the history of good news. And we have got to share that good news with people around us. How in the world can we stay silent on that? We have to go and tell people. We need to tell people. So if we're going to tell people, we have to go. So I'm going to answer some very simple questions this morning. Here's the first one. Where do we go? Where should we go? We've got this good news. Where do we go? Acts 1.8 says it this way. But you will receive power when the who? Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my what? Witnesses. You'll be my witnesses. Telling people about me where? Everywhere. Everywhere. In where? Throughout where? In where else? And to the very ends of the world. Many of you have heard this verse before. And when Jesus said this, he was actually in Jerusalem. So he was talking about where he was right then and there. Judea and Samaria were neighboring countries right around there, just outside Jerusalem, and and the ends of the earth is self-explanatory, right? We are supposed to go and take this message all those places. So I want to look at the three dimensions of going, what it looks like to go and share these messages. Here's the first place that we are supposed to go. We have the first dimension of going is personal. And your personal mission for going is to the people in your own life. My mission is to the people in my own life. The first place you are supposed to go is to the people in your own life. Here's the thing. I don't even need to give you an example of this. Close your eyes right now. Right now, if I say this to you, who in your life doesn't know Jesus and needs to? Right now, you have somebody in your mind. Somebody that comes to mind immediately. You know exactly who I'm talking about. It's someone that you love that doesn't know Jesus. And he hasn't trusted Jesus or she hasn't trusted Jesus. And God is calling you to go to them. To tell them. Before you go anywhere else, God is calling you to the people in your own life. Your mission is to the people already in your life. God put you in in their life that you could go to them. That's your Jerusalem. That's your Jerusalem. Judea and Samaria is local. And local is our church's mission to others in our area. And I think this is going to be fun, but we are just going to start sharing stories here for the rest of this service. I want to to introduce you to some people who are doing this right now. I'm going to ask Laura Kepner to come up. And where's Chris and Fred and Bibi? Come on up here. I want you to tell how God is using you. Come on up here. There you go. Lord, tell people how God called you into what you're doing with the school there in Woodbridge. Uh, so I heard a few years back that the, the local school wanted to have an after-school program. And they'd been talking with 180, but they didn't have a place. They didn't have someone to run it. And I just said, oh, well, I, I just felt like God put it on my heart to, do, uh, to help out and get it going. And um, so we have an after-school program now. It just, it's so 
it's a long story, but it's at Tell the long the story. I love it. Don't, don't uh, be afraid. Originally, we reached out to the Woodridge Grange. It, that eventually didn't end up working, but then the school said, we'll have it here. So of all the 180 after-school homework clubs that, uh, that are in our community, it's the only one that's on campus at Woodbridge. And so the kids don't have to go anywhere. The kids just stay right there. And the volunteers come on campus, and we help them with their homework. And some of them are kids who uh, would not get homework done otherwise. And so they are building up their self-worth, knowing that, look, I can do this. And on top of that, they're getting relationships. They're being seen by more adults. More adults are pouring into them. And so they know that they are loved and they have self-worth and value. And I can't tell you, I can't walk on that campus without getting a million hugs. Yeah. Um, they just feel so loved. Yeah. yeah. But the adults have to go yes. in your own community, right? Yes. Thank you, Laura, so much for sharing that. Fred and Bibi and Chris, you guys come on over here. Come together. I know you're friends. You like each other. Yeah, there you go. Tell me how you guys are doing the meal delivery service with Grace and Mercy. You are literally going into people's homes. How did God call you guys to that? And tell me what God has been doing in the midst of that. Well, the fault all lay with the men's ministry. Okay, good. I we'll go blame that. I, I innocently go to breakfast. I, I, I only plan to go and then go home. Yeah. But next thing they ask you to go ahead and just go and pick up some baskets and deliver them. And given that I am very low on the skill level, I I can talk, but I can't do gardening. I'm not good in the kitchen. I'm not good at cooking. I don't lift heavy things. I'm actually basically a little lazy. Is that right? And so, but one thing I can do, I can spend an hour and a half or two hours. I can lift a basket. They tell me where to take it, and then you I go GPS. there. GPS. GPS. Yeah, there yeah, you go. Otherwise, okay, I get lost. Yeah, I got you. Right? And then I visit with these people. I give them food, and several things come out of it. Number one, it was really all about me to start with yeah. because I've been asking, what can I do locally? Because I've gone to teach over in Tanzania. But, right. You know, that's what, but what can I do locally? And I, I didn't really know what. So I just go to breakfast. <laughs> And then God picks somebody that is really low on limited physical ability. <laughs> Ten left thumbs. And I'm telling you, these people appreciate getting the food. You start talking to them. Next thing, though, rather than me discipling them, because eventually what's nice, it's really the reversal. Rather than you telling them about things, you just do something. And then you get, you open up to the invitation where they ask you, where are you from? Why are you doing this? And I don't know. But really, it's, it's... And then all of a sudden, you become part of it. And next thing you know, you get to learn and know their families as well. And, and next thing, they're giving you books to read. I have a 94-year-old that's, that's told me to read this book. And then I have to re- be ready to discuss it with her. You know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, 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 and I'm got, now I'm friends with three or four dogs, too. Yeah. Then they, they, they <laughs> wag their tail and look forward to me getting there. So it's been, it's been very joyful. But the one thing is that God can use any one of us. You don't have to have any special skills. You do something small, and it's immensely rewarding for me, although it's not about me, but it's for them, but it is rewarding to me as well. And you can do it right here. Tell me, when you walk into somebody's house, what is it that hits you about the opportunity, Fred? Well, um, we, uh, like Chris, uh, these people become our friends, you know. 
Uh, they get the food, but what we do is we want to offer ourselves to them to be their friends. So we learn about them and do that. And with our people, they've even gotten to the point now, recently I've been noticing uh, the door is open when we get there. They know you're you know? coming. <laughs> they yeah. know we're coming, and if we're late, they want to know, where you been? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, thank you guys so much for being the hands and feet of Jesus. You can do that right here. Give them a hand. So you get in the picture, that's Judea and Samaria. It's right here in our own backyard. You can do it really close to home and make a difference and go to these people who are lost. And, and the, the last one is this, is global. And this is our church's mission to the entire world. God didn't call us just to Lodi, just to Lockford, just to Woodbridge, just to East Side. He called us to the entire world. And so we are doing that as well as a church. And I want to just tell you some places where we're doing that. The first is Lesotho. Steve Newman just got back, Steve and Holly, just got back from uh, Lesotho, which we have had a long-term partnership. He is far more equipped I'm to I'm going to ask you. Glenn to come up here because he's part of this story. There we go. And you can wear the... Uh, the Lesotho sash, whatever it is. You can oh, I can t- wear one too. I'm, I've got Lesotho Someday on my t-shirt. I'm going to go there. So the story starts about 20 years ago. Uh, Pastor Glenn was moved by a, a conference we went to and thought, well, maybe I should go be a missionary in Africa. He had been an exchange student in South Africa in high school, and he just opened up and he contacted World Vision. They had a trip, and they took him and his group to Lesotho. And as they explored, it wasn't the right thing to go full-time, but he took two other trips, uh, and we see here with, uh, there's Blenda and his uh, father-in-law and some others um, who went to Lesotho with him. And then we began this partnership. We, we uh, church members here adopted somewhere between two and 300 children to sponsor. We had an annual big project that we did, build a bridge and uh, dig a well and train some pastors and some other things. Um, then four years ago, I received an invitation to go to a Saddleback Church Conference. That's the, the uh, church that Pastor Rick Warren, we're reading his book, that's where he pastors. And they told the story of... of uh, The president of Rwanda had read the book that we're reading right now, Purpose Driven Life, and he said, Pastor Rick, can you come help us be a purpose-driven country? And Rick said, well, hey, I'm not a politician, a statesman, I don't know how to do that, but I'll work with the churches. So started a program of purpose-driven church to work with the churches, developed a program he called the Peace Plan to to equip churches with practical skills and vision to be able to reach out to, uh, to their own communities to address issues like poverty and education, uh, etc. cetera. Uh, let's back up. Yeah, they're pretty excited. Let's back up, back up one more. Let's go back to our first trip. Uh, one more. Go back again. Go back again. Yeah, we've had a lot of these things. Okay, so... so uh, Three years ago, well, we were at this conference, and my and well, they said that after it had been so successful in Rwanda that six other African heads of state said, "I want you to come do that in my country too." And Rick Warren said, "Well, we're a big church, but we can't take a continent—fifty-two countries in Africa." So they started recruiting other churches. Would you take a country? 
And we said, okay, we've got this uh, relationship with Lesotho. It's a small uh, nation in southern Africa, totally surrounded by Republic of South Africa. So three years ago, Glenn and I uh, went to uh, Lesotho to have a kickoff to, to get interest in this program. So there we are with our team. Um, and then I went back, the next slide, I went back with Steve Jordan that fall. We'd, we began the training then. And the next slide, uh, I went back with my wife uh, in March 2020. Anybody remember what happened in March 2020? Yeah, there we are. Uh, they love, go, next slide, they love getting these certificates. Do we have, do we have sound in that one, Peggy? You hear them ululating, and she's got her own whistle to add to it. So we were there in the pandemic hit. Our hotel said, we're closing tomorrow. You got to leave. Our flight was canceled. We barely got home. And then we couldn't go there. So what did we do? We found this was a blessing for our training because we learned about Zoom, began having some Zoom meetings. Eventually that morphed into a a year-long training program, uh, not just in the one capital city, but in about six different locations throughout the country. Not just once or twice or three times a year, but, but for most of the year, every week, I could do Zoom training with them. So uh, last month, we were back in Lesotho. Uh, Holly did uh, four sessions on health issues. She's a, a nurse, uh, and they loved what she had to say. I presented some stuff on leadership. We, we uh, brought them some extra resources to buy more laptops. And they had said there were a lot of pastors who weren't really competent in English. They wanted it uh, in the local language. So my partner there and I began recording sessions uh, in English, and then he'd do Sasutu, and then we could send them to the various training sites. Starting next month, we're going to have 20 training sites in Lesotho and have, I know we've got over, over 100 pastors uh, ready for this next round of training. It's just amazing. And to hear what, uh, here's, we had uh, 90 pastors uh, receive a certificate this time. And to receive a certificate, you couldn't just come to a meeting. You had to implement things that we trained about. So here are 90 pastors implementing, changing their churches to become purpose-driven, getting focus, uh, starting to reach out to the community. One church said, we planted three churches in the last year. It's just amazing. Uh, We're seeing more people come to Christ. Uh, So these churches are being transformed, and it's just, uh, the mind is blown over what God is doing. And you know what? You are all part of it. This is... uh, you know, I'm the front guy, but this is a, this is a church project. And uh, as you give to the church, as you pray for our, our impact around the world, you are part of what we're doing in Lesotho. So we're already planning to go back next September. And uh, in the future, some of you can go. We'll just see who, maybe you've got some special skills you can add and, and uh, give to training there in, in some way or another. So we'll pray about what God's going to do next. Amen. Thanks, you guys. There you go, my friend. Juan, get up here. This is, my, this is my friend Juan. Juan got a call to go back to your kind of your ancestral home, right? I mean, that's sort of where your people are from, your family's from, right? 
And, and Juan has been here. I got, I got it, bro. Right there for you. Uh, Juan has been called. He's a Lodi guy. Came out of, came out of the area, but God called him to, to work in Mexico. And now, now you're dragging us down there to help work with you, right? Tell us, how did God call you there, man? Well, it's, uh, it's been a certain journey, but it's like everybody else out here doing things. But, you know, it's pretty simple. It's fast. My wife and I, uh, God called us uh, to go to Mexico. We, we were in our comfort zone doing a lot of ministry around here. And all of a sudden, God kept bugging us. So we'd go on vacation, hang out with people, and visit family. And God said, you need to go to Mexico. So we listened really fast. It took us about 10 years of prayer. <laughs> and we decided, you know, we're going to come down. And we'd hang out and see that people were really needing Jesus in a different way that I had never seen. They're so religious, so many different uh, things that go on, traditions, customs. And we said, it'd be good to come here. And my wife says, well... I wouldn't mind when we come down here. We don't really have vacation anyway. You're all too busy trying to do stuff. We don't even call this vacation, but so we need to listen to Jesus. So, but it did take us about ten years of prayer and fighting with God and not wanting to go out there. But you know, it's, it's amazing to be out there with the youth and the families and really proclaiming the gospel, talking about it's not about religion, but it's about relation. So you have to have a relation with Jesus Christ, and that's what we've been doing, pretty much working on this to build uh, schools and ministry and box and everything we do. But in anything. Everything we do is Jesus is in there, and our goal was to start a church, and we're heading towards that already 10 years later, but you know, God is good. Yeah, absolutely. So God called you to go, and you were obedient 10 years later. Yeah. Yeah, and what's he doing right now? Well, right now, we have uh, actually involved in two towns, and we're heading on, heading on the third town, and what we provide is Bible studies, boxing, English classes, and uh, to provide, to share with them what it is to have not a, not a religion but a relation with Jesus Christ. And in the last year, you know, talk about uh, Pastor Glenn and others, and we work in the situation, and we want to get people to come down and see this. We've actually have started a church. First time in all these years we've been going down, we've started a church, small group going, but it's, it's a scary deal where we're being challenged by all the traditions and customs, but God is doing a lot that I would have never imagined, and I didn't want to do it. Uh, I really want to thank you guys because this is part of the church. The church is supporting everything we do and it's happening. And it's a different challenge. It's a different world. But, you know, I never thought I'd be doing this, even though I should have done it years ago. But <laughs> I'm glad we listened. So it's never too late, guys. It's never too late. So we're on there in the, in the next few years. And we're on the second year in this church. We're excited because this trip's people coming down and really see what we're doing. And they show you guys and we hope that we do more and more of these trips. So I'm, I'm excited, nervous, and everything else. Yeah, you're going to hear more about that trip. Thanks, Juan. This is not just driving across the border in Tijuana or something like that. We are flying way down into Mexico, and that's where Juan is working. I hope you're getting the point of all this. God calls us to go. We can't just stay in our comfort zone, even if it takes 10 years of praying. So the question becomes, what do we do when we get there? I'm going to preach like the wind, Biscuit. Watch this. What do we do when we get there? Listen to John chapter 20, verse 21. It says, again, he said what? Peace. Say it like you mean it. Peace. Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I am sending you. And we bring peace. That's what we do. We bring peace. Jesus is sending us to bring peace. Part of the global peace plan that you heard Steve talk about uh, is, is that we would bring peace to these places. Steve's been doing training in Lesotho. Steve Jordan has been doing Zoom trainings with Juan and his team down there in Mexico to bring peace down there. So peace, the peace plan that comes from Rick Warren's church is the antidote to the five biggest threats in the world. 
Five biggest threats in the world. These are the five big problems of the world. Emptiness and conflict. Corruption. Self-centered leadership. We have some of that in the United States, by the way. Uh, Poverty, disease, and lack of education and literacy. This is the peace plan. The P stands for plant churches. You heard Juan said, we're planting a church. After all this year and all this work, we're planting a church. That's the first thing. We're planting more churches through those churches. The E stands for equip servant leaders. That means we train leaders what it means to lead without selfish motives. And like I said, we could use some of this in the United States as well as around the world. But we need leaders who will lead the right way. The A stands for assist the poor. That we lean into poverty, that we love those who are poor. Boy, Jesus loved the poor. He never, never turned his back on the poor. The C stands for care for the sick. Obviously, Jesus did a lot of healing. Uh, Holly was doing health training. That is exactly a, uh, an example of that. And E is to educate the next generation. We will educate the next generation. We are called to bring peace. We are called to be a blessing to those in need. Jesus talks about this in Matthew chapter 25. Those who actually do these things are blessed. Then the king will say to those on his right, come you who are what? Blessed by my father. Inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the creation of the world. That sounds pretty good. Would you agree? For I was what? And you what? I was and you what? I was what? A stranger, lonely, and you what? You invited me into your home. I was naked, and you gave me what? I was what? And you what? I was where? And you? You see? This is the expression of the peace plan. All of those are expressions of the peace plan. Those who are, we are blessed when we go, and we are a blessing to others, and we bring peace In Jesus' name. I told you I was going to preach fast. Here we go. Why do we go? Anybody know why we go? I'll tell you. Matthew 28, 19, and 20. Jesus said, therefore, say it like you mean it. And what else? Make disciples of all the nations. We baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And we teach these new disciples to what? Obey all the commands I have given you and be sure of this. I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Why do we go? It's pretty simple. Jesus said go. You want to tell Jesus no? I don't want to tell Jesus no. Jesus said go. Any questions? Good. That leads me to? So what? Oh, I can finish this on time. Watch me go. Here's the so what? What do we do with all this stuff? We know we're supposed to go. Here's the first thing we do. We pray people will go. We pray that people will go. In Matthew chapter 9, verse 37 through 38, it says, He said to his disciples, the harvest is, but the workers are. So pray to the Lord who is in charge of the harvest. Ask him to send more workers into his field. Before we go anywhere, we pray. We get on our knees and we start praying. When we go on a mission trip, before we even, when we announce a mission trip, we start praying, God, who do you want to go? Who are you going to send? Who's, who's going to go? Who, assemble the team. Show us who's going to go. And then when we're going on a mission trip, anybody ever been on mission trips? Raise your hand if you've been on a mission trip. We pray before we get in the van to go. 
We pray before we get on a plane to go. We pray before we start every day's worth of ministry. We got a prayer team back home praying for us. It is prayer soaked and prayer bathed because we have to have that kind of prayer for us. So we pray before we go anywhere. God, send out the workers to go, assemble this team. And then as we go, we pray and ask God to to bless what we're doing. It says not to preach the gospel, but to, to work, it says. First we pray and then we go. We ask God to send workers to go, right? Where is God calling you to go? As you hear these stories, I hope God is putting something in your heart. I'm praying that, that, that God is, you know what? You're already going. How many of you have plane tickets? You're already going somewhere. All I'm asking you is to think about where God would send you, where God wants you to go. I'm praying God calls you to go somewhere. That's what I'm praying, that you would go to your neighbor, that you would go to Woodbridge School, that you would go across town and deliver food, that you would go to uh, coach an upward soccer team, that you would go all these places. But I'm praying some of you would get outside of your comfort zone and after 10 years of praying, hung on, you would go someplace uncomfortable where God has called you to go. Another place in California, another place in America, maybe another country around the world. Now, I know that once we start praying... Not everybody can go right this second. Not everybody can go on every trip. But we also give so others can go. We give so others can go. Amen. I heard an amen back there. I'll take that one amen. Third John 1, 7 and 8 says this. For they are what? Traveling for who? They're traveling for the Lord. And they accept nothing from the people who are not believers. We don't go to Mexico and expect them to fund the trip. Right? So we ourselves should what? Support. Support them so that we can be their partners as they teach the truth. Glenn, get up here, man. Uh, I, want, I want Glenn and I to be able to do this together that we can invite others to give so that others can go. I mean, we already have people going, right? Yes. People are already going. In fact, I got an email this week from Carol from India. You got that picture? Carol sent me an email this week, said, I'm at my community group. That's her community group in Assam, India. She sent a few pictures of it, and it just warmed my heart because I thought, we're doing this in Lodi, and she's doing this in India right now. She's, she's in a community group like that. And we partner with the Grace School, and I want to let Glenn tell you about this opportunity. This made for this journey, we really said from the very beginning, we want to be able to give and give big to what God has made us for. Tell them about the opportunity there at Grace School. Absolutely. So, hey, I'm thrilled to be a part of a church that has a global vision. Uh, We want to, as Steve said, just be obedient to Christ. And so that means going. Um, But that also means that we support what God is doing um, around the world and in our community. So this church has got a long history of generosity to God's work. This last year, um, the the church out of its um, general budget, as well as a few special offerings and Advent Conspiracy and things like that, uh, gave well over $300,000 to different projects, uh, people, God's work here in our community, mission work, as well as around the world. Um, And so uh, you understand how church works. We collect an offering and that goes to meet the needs of, of, of the church and those kind of things. But every once in a while, God just puts it on our heart that says we need to do something more. 
And so as a part of the Made for This journey, we wanted to step out in faith. And so we said, even though we're, you know, these are tough economic times, we said we need to take a special offering to help the people in Assam, India. You've heard about this mission through the years. If you've been a part of the church, uh, a school was began uh, about 10 years ago and has just grown and grown and grown. It goes up to about fifth grade now, um, and that's not enough. Uh, education, uh, Christian education specifically, Christian education in English is really changing the future for these kids in India. Um, And so they said, well, you know, we can't stop at fifth grade. We need to add sixth, seventh, and I think eighth grade. Um, They need more classrooms to do that. Um, As you heard, the cost is a little over $40,000 to do that. Um, We said we want to be a part of that. And so today, at the end of the service, there's going to be an opportunity for you um, and me to give an above and beyond offering for this ministry. So there's going to be a basket at the back. If you give on, you can write a check or put cash in there. Or if you like to give online, you can go to any of our online platforms. Uh, there's a little drop-down menu that says, I want to give um, to that school. And it changes not only the life of these kids, it changes their family, it changes their community, and it changes their eternity. Yeah. Let me tell you about another opportunity to give. Ready? We have a group that is going. We have our flights booked. Juan, you're going to beat us there, right? Because somebody's got to pick us up at the airport, bro. Good. We have a group going to Mexico. Literally, this is my last Sunday. I will be in Mexico worshiping in that church plant right now, this time next week. And we are taking a team of about 10 of us, and we are going to Mexico, and we are bringing peace to Mexico. And one of the ways that we're doing that is we want to educate the next generation. So we are hoping to take down 10 computers and some networking gear and internet stuff to give these kids in Mexico, these young adults and teenagers, next generation skills and technology because they're going to need them if they're going to compete and raise their economy there. So we have an opportunity for you to give to that. You can give about 350 bucks to buy a laptop if you want to buy one laptop. You can give whatever you want to give to that. There's a QR code in your outline notes there for both Assam India and for Mexico. You can use your phone. If you don't know how that works, ask your son or daughter or or whoever else knows how to work the cell phone. And, and you can give straight to those projects as we are going. So I want to encourage you to give. Give to go. If you can't go, we give to go. But I want to give you one other cool story that Glenn brought up to me this week about a way you can actually give it's send your giving going is the way I keep thinking. Yeah. So I just wanted to share a story because it's uh, come, it came out of a a person here in our church and a need that was brought to our church. Um, so in the country of Jordan, uh, which is a Muslim country, um, it's essentially illegal to convert to Christianity. Um, and there is an ethnic minority group called the Druze people that's throughout the Middle East, but they're uh, prevalent in Jordan. And uh, one of these guys from the Druze uh, background was like the mayor of his little community. Um, And he came down with a heart condition. I believe he had a heart attack first and then um, had a heart condition. And they said, you know, you're going to die unless you have surgery. Um, Oh, by the way, our hospital doesn't have a heart surgeon. And, you know, I'm not sure this is going to work. But if you do this surgery, they they talked about like a two to five percent success rate for this surgery. They said, but if you don't have this surgery, your chance to live is zero percent. And so he said, okay, we'll do it. Um, And as he was getting ready to go into surgery, and I know this sounds weird to some of us in the West, and yet we're hearing these stories more and more as God is on the move in our world. Jesus appeared to this man in a vision, like we are hearing so many times throughout that part of the world. Jesus appears to this man in a vision and tells him this, you are going to make it through the surgery, I'm going to be with you, and you are going to follow me all the days of your life. No surprise, 
This man makes through the surgery, comes through the surgery. As he rebounds back to health, he is now a follower of Jesus Christ, even though it's not an entirely legal thing for him to do. But not only that, he is, and here's a picture of, of this man. Um, he is not only a follower of Christ, but he's shared Christ with his family who's converted. And they now have a little church of about 30 people in this village in, um, in Jordan. And so some of our missionaries that we're connected to in that region and through uh, John Ramey, who many of you know, went to this man and said, we're so excited just to hear about this story. What can we do to help you? And in a very humble way, this man said, well, this is our little church building that you can see right here. And as you can see, we have no Christian art. We don't have any symbols. That's a part of the world that is very connected to their symbols and their their art and those kind of things. And so he said, what we would really like is is some, some Christian artwork. And so they said, well, absolutely, we could do that. And they said, well, rather than go to Hobby Lobby and buy a bunch of stuff, they wanted to approach congregations like us and say, what can you do to help this little church um, in Jordan? And so there's a number of different churches. We're one of maybe uh, eight or ten churches uh, that are providing crosses and are providing uh, pictures of Christ and uh, pictures of biblical events. And Abby Taraskis, who is a young lady in our church, uh, was commissioned to do these two little paintings. I don't know how well you can see them over here, uh, but they are pictures of Jesus, our good shepherd. And they are, I get a little choked up thinking yeah, about this. Crazy. They are uh, a picture of Jesus carrying a sheep on his shoulders and then a, a picture of Jesus tending to the sheep. And they are going to go on the wall at this little church in Jordan as a reminder of Jesus, our good shepherd. And so we want to pray for people going out, but we want to pray for God's work and gifts going out as well. These pictures are literally going to go halfway around the world. And they're going to hang on a wall somewhere. And it's because Abby gave of her, of her talent and her time. And, and I came in last night and just got a chance to stand in front of them and look at them. And I think... What a beautiful picture of going. There are so many ways you can go. There are so many ways that you can go. So my last point is simple. It's this. Ready? It's go. 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 In your outline it says go. Yeah, we don't need a screen. And then it says you. Yes, you. I'm talking to you. Go. That's the fill in the blank. Go, you. Yes, you. I'm talking to you. Go. Look at the person next to you and say, I think he's talking to you. Look back at him and say, no, he's definitely talking to you. The answer is you're both right. I'm talking to all of you. We should go. We go and make disciples. Matthew 28, 19 and 20 is called the great commission, not the great suggestion. We are called to go. Get outside of our comfort zone and go. In the book of Isaiah... There's this famous verse that many of you have heard of. The prophet Isaiah has a vision of the Lord. He has a vision of the Lord. And he sees the Lord. And and in the midst of that, Isaiah realizes what an incredible sinner he is. He realizes how unworthy he is to be in the Lord's presence. And in the middle of that, God touches him. And he removes his guilt. And he forgives his sin. And Isaiah, in that moment, realizes what a sinner he is. And listen, when you realize... What a sinner you are. And when you truly realize what it means to be forgiven of your sins, it's easy to say to God, anywhere, anytime, anyplace, I'll go. Anywhere, anytime, anyplace, I'll go. And Isaiah says it this way. Then I heard the Lord asking, whom should I send as messengers to this people who will go for us? And I said, 
And I said, well, you said it, so now you got to go. Father God, thank you for the opportunity to go. Thank you for a rich history of going here at this church, God. Thank you for the opportunities that you have afforded us to go, that we could get on a plane and we could come back home, but we can go outside of our comfort zone to make a difference in a lost and hurting world. God, may we step out of our comfort zones. May we go first to the people in our life in Jerusalem. Then, God, to the people you have right around us, living all around us in Woodbridge and in, and in North Stockton and in Lockford and in Galt, God. May we go to those opportunities right here in our local area. But God, for some, I pray that you would push them outside of their comfort zone, that we would go to the ends of the earth, that we would go to foreign countries, that we would go to places that make us uncomfortable. God, I pray that we would go in your name because you've forgiven my sin anywhere, anytime, any place. Let us go. In your son Jesus' name, amen.